at the close of their school year. We're anxious to see uh, just a, uh, a brief um, summary of what they've done this year and uh, what they've accomplished. So we're going to turn it over the next few minutes to our Truth Seeker leaders. I guess I do have to use it. <laughs> anyway, um, then they break up from the large group and they go to small groups. And the coaches for those small groups really reinforce everything that they have done and learned before that. They go over their memory verses because they have a memory verse they have to learn each week. They go over the lesson. They clarify and answer any questions, and there are many times questions that the kids have that I don't have time to cover in the half hour that I have with them. Important questions, things about words and terms and things that, that we take for granted, but they're just learning. But I'll tell you, I am just amazed at what God does in their lives. And so they're going to do a little bit of a presentation, but I want to do a couple of things first because nothing would happen if it wasn't for some key people that make this program work. First of all, I want to take, thank Sharmone Thomas. You want to come up here, Sharmone? There is she. She's the nursery. Well, we'll give this to her then. Okay. Um, because she has run off all the material this year. She's printed off all the lessons. Every week she's there with our lessons that the small group leaders use. We don't have books. We save the expense of books and stuff. We have printed off sheets that they use. Next, I want to introduce our game leaders because I'll tell you something, without those people, we'd be in deep trouble. <laughs> I have to try to sometimes keep them going for a couple of minutes before they get there and it's not easy, let me tell you. Doing the games is not easy and I would like to thank Cheryl Hardnett all right, come on up here, and Ruby Hunter. These gals keep them going, and they keep them running. They keep them active, let me tell you. Oh, you too many? Okay. Then, um, okay. Then the oldest group that we have are our Trek students, and that is middle school through high school. And we can have anywhere from one to three people show up for that, depending upon transportation and all of that that's involved. Uh, Bill and Michelle Kidder. Come on, Michelle, you got to come up here. There you go. Okay. They work with that older group, and that group. It's called a Trek group, and they have a curriculum, but a lot of times their curriculum is what is important to the kids and what's going on in their lives at that time. So we have some really good people there to help talk to those kids and guide them and work through the materials, and I, I just thank God for them. Then the next oldest group are our third through fifth graders. Yep, and Luvia, is Luvia here today? Okay, Luvia and Mr. Hiff Hill, Fifth Hill teach that class. And now Cliff does dual duty because he's also our deacon. So 
he has to keep us on track as well as keep that class on track. And he has to help Luby with that. And they're not an easy group. They're older and they are, you know, they test the water a little bit more. But they, they've learned a lot. Then the next group are, are well, they're really four-year-olds. Four-year-olds through second grade. And those people, are our leaders are Jacqueline, Eli, and Monica Atkins, and Trinice Griffin. I've got to give Trinice appreciation for this. Monica was great. She stepped in when Trinice got a job and wasn't any longer able to do True Seekers. And she'd been faithful for two and a half years. And it's just been lately, but Monica was just fantastic. I said, you know, Trinice can't do this anymore. Could you help us out? Sure, I'll be glad to do it. So those people have kept it going. Now, the last people I want to recognize are not a class as such, but they are a class. They're a group that has to be recognized, and that's our nursery. And Beverly Alexander and Michelle Kenner have kept the nursery organized and going. Beverly's always there to be with her babies, and Michelle makes sure that there's somebody else in there every week. So I want us all give these people another round of applause because they keep True Seekers going. They're what makes the program work. And we have finished our third year, and I'm looking forward to our fourth year next year, and it's been an exciting year. Now I want to turn this over to our small group leaders who would like um, <laughs> yeah. oh. I love it. I love it. I love the kids. I love the program. This is definitely a gift for me. It really is. So, okay. Who wants to go first? Want to, the young kids want to go first? So we are the older group, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Our class is more discussion-based, and so our students, our core group of students, we sometimes have more, but our core is going to tell you um, just one point each of what they learned this year through our discussion. Uh, I learned that if things are legit in the state, it still might not be right in God's eyes. 
about the end of the world and how we'll never be prepared for it. I also learned how there are many things in the world that may be legal, but then in God's eyes, they are not. And who do we trust more? Whose law is more important? God's law, God's law is more important. Question for you. Do you guys enjoy truth seekers? Yes! You don't sound like it. <laughs> Do you enjoy truth seekers? Yes! All right. <laughs> Thanks for showing us what you've done this year. You guys can be dismissed. <laughs> for those who are remaining, just a reminder of how we can pray. God is working through our young people. I, I, I appreciate the, um, the helpers, the adults who are working with them. We miss them over here, but they're doing a good work, and we appreciate uh, that. And it's, it's, it's a tremendous thing working with our children and our young people um, to help them learn and apply God's word. So we, we've changed up a little bit tonight. We're going to uh, go ahead with the meditation part of our, do you still have anything? Okay. We'll do that, and then we'll do our prayer request. I'm going to continue with our meditation in the book of Hebrews. Verses to look at today. But it's all based on what we already learned in the book of Hebrews. Whenever you meditate on a book... One of the hard things is when you meditate, you normally pick a selected portion. And the danger of that is that when you meditate on the part, you can miss the whole. So we always have to try to keep in mind the whole. Whenever you're reading through the Bible, you're studying through the scriptures, and I encourage you to study. That's one good thing about coming to our Bible study on Thursdays is that we are forcing ourselves to study and expand our knowledge and our ability to handle the word of God. To get to be competent in handling God's word, you have to think of the whole. You have to ask yourself the big questions. Why did God write this book? And I think um, a preacher will good, be a good preacher if he can answer the question, what does this book add to the Bible that it wouldn't have without this book? saying everybody is going to be able to answer that question, but you should try. And then you should ask yourself, what's the main thought of that book? Right? Just like in Sunday school we're summarizing the book. We want to summarize the book. We want to be really succinct. Because when you give the gospel to somebody or you tell somebody about God's word, you don't have two hours to explain the principles of sovereignty and the existence of heaven and hell and proving the existence of God focus on some important points and so the same should be of our understanding as we understand we can be brief so when you look at the book of Hebrews to be brief it's speaking about the excellence of Jesus and how the whole Old Testament pushes us towards the Christian faith 
how we ought to reject any religion that relies on man's works, any religion that ignores that Jesus is God, any religion that puts human knowledge above what God has revealed to us by faith. And so the whole portion of chapters 1 through chapters 10 and a half is all the scaffolding. It's all the foundation for all that knowledge. And then chapter 11 hits us with all these examples. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And what that means is that faith is the evidence that God exists. And through faith, you exercise the powers that God has blessed us with as saints. And those two things work together, right? By the fact that we have faith is proof that God is working in us. And by having that faith, we exercise the fact that there is more to what we see in this world than what you can see with your physical eyes. And that's why, without understanding all that, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 would be amazing. And it still is, but we wouldn't even believe it. Because it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, can we see those witnesses? reason we know that they exist is because we have faith in God's word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there's no doubt, right? I don't have to prove that that cloud of witnesses exists. If you have faith in God, you will believe it. The scripture says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. And what it means by that is this, that God's truth is self-evident. It's not something that we have to spend 10 hours to prove. Either you see it or you don't. I've come to the thought now that I'm no longer going to try to prove that God exists to anybody. Because that's like proving that the sun exists to somebody that's covering their eyes. If only they would uncover their eyes. If only they would lift the foolishness from in front of them, they would see that the sun is indeed shining. I'm willing to speak to those who can't see the sun from beneath the thunderclouds. Who could see a little bit of the shining but don't know the details of it. I'm willing to speak to those. I'm not willing to speak to those who blind themselves. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All these things cannot be seen. You can't see how sin weighs you down. Well, sometimes you can. Or better put, sometimes we can see the effects of sin weighing us down sometimes we can feel the impact of sin weighing us down I know I feel the impact of sin weighing me down but the writer of Hebrews who in all honesty we don't even know he tells us lay that aside and it's only possible to lay aside our weights if we have somebody to give that weight to Jesus said this, put your burdens upon me, for I am meek and lowly. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I 
path that without faith we couldn't even see. And perhaps we can't see it from time to time. But we will see it if we focus not on a path, but looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The writer would say to Peter, don't look at the waves that you walk on. Look to Jesus and you'll walk on top of the waves. So we say to ourselves, don't look at every detail that's going on in your life, how you're going to fix it. Look to what God's plan is for your life. That's meditation, right? That's what's going to carry us through. We don't always have the answers. But if we look to Jesus, the path illuminates itself. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame is seated at the right hand of God. He's the example. He's already done it. Just like we despise the shame, right? Not many in this world think highly of us Christians. Rather than trying to make Christianity appeal to them, we need to embrace the fact that it's ugly to them. Because that's the way it is. The fact that they don't accept it is a sign that it's the fragrance of God's judgment to them. But for those who do accept it, it's the fragrance of salvation to them, isn't it? That's from 2 Corinthians. Straight from 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3. All of scripture enriches other scripture, doesn't it? And as we learn and we start to meditate, isn't that what happens? God will throw other verses in our head. But you don't have nothing to throw if we're not reading on our own, right? We need to keep reading the scripture. We need to come to church and hear the scripture. We need to be thinking deeply when the sermon is going on. What is being said? What does the Holy Spirit mean for me? How is God's word colliding with the things that's going on in my life? Did the preacher speak on this and I'm going through this for no reason? Or did God mean those things to collide together so that I could be impacted? Let's meditate on those things, amen? So I want everybody to close your eyes and I want you to sit there for how long you think 45 seconds is. When you think you're at 45 seconds, raise your hand, but don't open your eyes. All right, let's start. All right, so everybody who raised their hand before the alarm, put put your hands back up for me. All right, why did you think you had made 45 seconds? Oh, so you were actually counting, okay. You were counting? You raised your hand before the alarm? Okay. Did anybody else count in your head? Okay. So how did you end up off? How did you think you ended up off? Counting by your own scale. Okay, what about you, Andy? I saw your hand go up. Why did you think your hand went up early? All right, so the purpose of this, I was reading this book at work, and it was talking about prayer. It talked about how we rush through all of our prayers 
because we don't have a concept of how much time we're actually spending communion with God. And it leads me to start thinking about tonight, on Wednesday nights when we pray, how we spend 95% talking, and then we're like, oh, let's hurry up and pray before time is hurry and pray. I know that happens a lot with me and Andy because we're trying to unload so much so that people know exactly what it is that we want them to pray about. So the purpose of the, the experiment was just to show you how fast time flies by when you think you're focusing on something, right? We were all counting our head, thinking we were very close, and, and most of you actually were. Now, for the people who didn't raise their hands yet, why didn't you raise your hand yet? You're still coming. <laughs> How close were you? You were five seconds off? Okay. So when we do our prayer request tonight and we go to pray, let's try to spend majority of our time actually praying. Because the time does go by fast. And I, I, I think about this, that when we give account for what we spent our time doing, is God going to go, hey, you were there to pray, but you didn't spend a whole lot of time doing it. Are we going to end up having to answer for that? I think the answer to that is going to be yes. He's going to say you didn't use your time wisely. So, All right, let's take some prayer requests. Go ahead, Andy. 